This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. And welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the Record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin as we start off the summer uh, episodes uh, of the podcast, um, kind of getting uh, a little bit out there, a little bit less of a format and less, uh, you know, this is going to be what we're going to do every single quarter, every single period, all that kind of stuff, kind of getting into more, um, you know, kind of varied stuff now as we're in the summer months. And um, I think this week's episode will be a little bit, will be fun one. Um it's kind of one where we get to do like a little bit too early looks into like superlatives and all that kind of stuff about some of uh, the major area teams in the area so we're still going to do a four-quarter format um in this week's episode but we're going to start off by um each quarter we're going to talk about a different um well a different thing that part is not different but there's not going to be a interview in the second quarter there's not going to be a way or no way um, but we're going to talk about some major things that we think are going to be happening over the summer with a lot of the major programs. So um, in the first quarter, we're going to uh, actually do a recap of Nutria Rowing and a really impressive um, season, especially end to season that um, that program and that uh, both of those programs, I guess I should say, um, had. And then um, in the second, third and fourth quarter, we're going to talk big picture. Um, summer camps are going on right now for a lot of sports. So um we're just going to hit on major storylines the second quarter we'll talk about baseball softball um in the third quarter we'll talk about basketball um and then the fourth quarter we'll talk about football um just to kind of get that started here but um i'm gonna just before we get started just a quick reminder that we can uh you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available make sure you check us out um make sure you subscribe as well we always appreciate it check out older episodes of the podcast as well there's a lot of good stuff going on um, in older episodes. Um, yeah, maybe some of the information is dated, but there are a lot of good interviews, a lot of good stuff there. So um, make sure you check that out um, as well. But um, I'm going to bring Joe in here now as uh, we get started here in the first quarter. And uh, we're going to talk about Nutria Rowing, who um, I feel like both Nutria and Loyola have had, had a, um, strong you know, teams throughout the years, uh, and especially Nutria. Um, being able to compete um, really well nationally um, for a long time, especially uh, probably going back, you know, back to time when I was in high school. But um, Joe, this this past season for Nutria, especially for the boys and the girls, um, was really impressive. And I, I know you got a chance to talk, um, you know, to some of them. And I know you are working on your story that's going to come out at the recordnorthshore.org. But um, what did you kind of learn about what just what this program has been able to accomplish this season? Yeah, it's kind of funny because we, we're behind on the story um, about Nutria Rowing. We wanted to catch up with them at dis- different points in the year. But every time I went to look into it and, and write down some some things to get started, there was a new milestone that they surpassed. And there was a new record uh, that they put together. So obviously, uh, these programs are special. Um, not only do they compete at a very, very high level for, for high schools in, in the country, but they provide a lot of opportunity at the college level for, for rowers. Um, I think every year you'll see between Loyal and Nutrier, you know, 20 plus um, college bound student athletes. So uh, that that's great as well. And then this year, the Nutrier team specifically, um, just like I said, kept raising the bar with seemingly every regatta they were 
they were attending and uh, they finished up the season um, with one, the scholastic nationals, and then followed it up with the rowing nationals, uh, the U S rowing nationals. And the difference is scholastic nationals is just high schools um, as kind of the name um, alludes to, and two, the, the U S rowing youth nationals includes club teams. So that's obviously a, a larger pool, um, pardon the pun of, uh, of boats and crews. And um, I think for the first time, the head coach um, Sandy Culver told me the boys finished in the finals um, at that U.S. Rowing Nationals and the girls for the first time in like a decade or 15 years were also in the finals. So just an incredible showing. Uh, they broke records all year at the Scholastic Nationals. Um, I believe we had um, a first um, and a second um, for Nutrier. Um, boys and girls and it's uh, just really special stuff they were able to do and she told me a little about what what was key for them um, obviously it's talent they actually had a big coaching switch um, just out of kind of like timing out Rose Marchuk led the program for a long, long time Sandy Culver to took over this year and uh, and that's the entire program and and they they haven't skipped a beat in, in fact they've kind of elevated their their competitive uh um, results even farther, which is uh, pretty cool. It was uh, just hearing about it, just get the hits kept coming when Sandy was telling coach Culver was telling me about how they were performing this year and some of their finishes. Um, it was just um, special result after special result. For context show, I mean, just what obviously rowing is not an IHSA sport. It's not something that maybe a lot of people are familiar with. So you know, just what put in the context of, you know, just how they kind of described what the season kind of was like and, you know, just what it kind of means to be able to accomplish what they did. Yeah, I think, you know, just if you think about it in terms of, of just, you know, other like sports, um, you know, something like. Uh, I mean, I guess as any team sport, really, you, you go into a competition, it's a race, you know, um, and every time you, you almost surprise yourself, surprise the competition because you're you're competing against large, not necessarily larger in terms of roster size, but larger pools that teams can draw from these, you know, Nutrier, a public high school is competing against club teams that can pull from larger regions. Right. And uh, they're beating most of them and, and they're becoming, you know, in the finals um, of across the United States. Um, it's like winning an American medal. Um, in, in other sports so in uh, other races like track or, or swimming um, it's it's super high level it's among the best in the nation so that that's what level we're talking about we're talking about all america type performances um, and it, you know um, coach was telling me and i know some of these guys because we did it we did a profile of one of their rowers john salvi um, and how his recovery from um um, cancer and then he, he he's become one of the best rowers in the country uh, for his age and he set like a record a nutrient record on the erg um, which is an indoor rowing machine uh, and that record got beaten by his teammate and back and forth they went through the year it just kind of shows the competitive fire within that top varsity boat and how big they are i think john salvi's over six three and um one of our recent Athletes of the week, Noah Silverstein is like six seven, I think, and he's on their top boat. So just a bunch of big guys on the Nutrier um, boys um, top boat that that were, um, I guess, think of it that way. You know, just a bunch of six 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 seven guys um, setting the tone and and pretty intimidating walking into a regatta. So I mean, what what do you kind of feel like they'll remember the most from what they've been able to accomplish this season? And I, I know it. 
this is kind of a podcast where we're going to be talking about, you know, the future and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, just what do you kind of feel that this program can continue to do um, as the years kind of move forward? I think it's going to continue to grow, you know, at least, you know, Coach Culver was telling me, especially on the girls' side and lower levels, and this year they performed on their varsity level exceptionally, but uh, they have a lot of underclassmen that were on that boat this year. Um, so uh, it looked for them to continue this and compete at a tall level and just think, you know, going to these regattas are are an opportunity in and of itself. They're going to the head of Charles in Boston. They're going to Scholastic Nationals. They're going to – these beautiful races and places to, to, to compete. And I guess just being there is special, but being there and being among the best, if not the best in many of these races, that's a whole nother level. That's pretty cool. That's um, a lot of, uh, a lot of confidence and um, you know, a lot to pad your resume. So um, I think just being, these rowers are among these crews, I should say the whole crew is among are among the best in the nation like full stop they are in top five top six across the nation any team any high school any club new treaters there and i think that's worth celebrating yeah it's definitely worth celebrating and congrats to them on you know a, a really impressive year just being able to accomplish what they were able to do this year so um congrats to them and hopefully they're able to continue that success moving forward um, we're going to move on over now to the second quarter of the podcast where we're going to chat a little bit about um, some baseball and softball stuff. I know obviously the both seasons have ended, but um, summer baseball continues. Um, and the Wilmette Waves have had a really good season so far. Um, I think, Joe, you mentioned before we were recording this that the Waves lost their first game of the summer. Um, but it seems like they're continuing that trend of what they really accomplished this past spring. Yeah, um, Evanson, you know, tacked them with their first loss um, in, I think, their eighth game. So they started 7-1, and one, and then they came back the next day and beat Evanston. So um, pretty cool um, that they're able to just do this on the backs of such a special season. And, you know, in previous years, the Wilmot Waves is, are basically the new Trier summer baseball team, right? In previous years, though, some graduating seniors would be on the team, too, before, you know, get in some reps before they went off to college. Now kind of that's changed a little bit, whether it's, you know, they play with regional teams, you know, amateur teams or their their uh, clubs or, um, you know, just get into their college um, workouts and training. Um, but so they're no longer with us. So really it's underclassmen. Um, and it just kind of shows the depth of, of this roster right now. And, and this program across all levels is pretty good. I mean, you look at this roster, you see seven or eight names that were, major players for the third place championship team. So um, definitely not starting over, just kind of uh, uh, building on what they already got here. Um, it's a pretty, pretty deep team. And I think they're going to do some damage the rest of this summer too. Got plenty of games left. Um, big fun one. I think actually today, if the weather allows it, today's Thursday, um, they'll do a doubleheader with South, who's also only got one loss on the summer so far. That's They're called South, but they're the Glenbrook South. Um, team they don't have the the school names uh, most of them because they're technically not sponsored by the school their summer program so anyway um yeah it just kind of shows where this where this program's at right now for Nutria and it's it's at a high level how I I feel like talk about this I feel every summer um where I feel like the summer is kind of summer league is like you know you want to win the games but a, a lot of it is where you're working on you know 
you know, stuff that you maybe didn't work on during the spring or whatever. You're trying to get better as a player um, and as a team. So um, how much do you kind of take into, you know, these games and how much do you kind of, you know, view it as um, a continuation of what this team was able to accomplish in the spring by finishing third? That's a good question. I'm, it's too difficult really to give like a, a thoughtful analysis on it because every team in this league, the Illinois summer baseball league is doing slightly different things with their roster and every game you're not going to have your full roster. Cause maybe that game interferes with one of your best players, club team games. Maybe they're out of town that weekend on a big tournament or something. That's a, a big opportunity for them and they might miss it. And, and that happens. So um, you know, you're going to work in different lineups that also plays to your advantage in a way where you can see what this guy can do with this position, or maybe what's your best, um, um, situational lineup and things like that. Um, as well as defensive lineup, um, and, and just see what guys can do and where all your, um, where you can leverage everybody, um, on that roster. So it, it, that's kind of nice in that way. And there's really not that much at stake. You're not going to lose and be out of the summer or anything. This is summer ball. It's a little more relaxed. So um, there are a lot of opportunities in summer, but it's, I think it's too hard to kind of diagnose what exactly every team is. We hit on this a lot for, you know, last week with New Trier and talking about, you know, what they would accomplish in that kind of stuff. What were your thoughts about what um, Loyola baseball was able to accomplish this season? And obviously not the, I feel like every week we were talking about, you know, they, you know, won this game, but then lost this game. Like they were so high and low all the time. So, I mean, just what were your thoughts about what Loyola baseball was able to accomplish and what are some things that you're kind of looking to see, whether that's over the summer or over the off season for what the Ramblers can do um, when it comes time to uh, baseball in 2024? Yeah, I think, you know, Loyola used to be in this Illinois um uh, the, the base, the summer baseball league, there aren't any more. Um, their guys are kind of playing all over the place from all, from what I can tell, um, which is good. They're still getting their reps, but this is a good, you know, it's a, it, it's a lot of talent on the Ramblers team on the Ramblers program. Um, there usually is, but it's hard to tell how a team's going to respond to losing as much as no matter how talented you are, um, you're going to lose in the Catholic league. Like we talk about, I mean, it's just, you got four top 10 teams and um, for the Ramblers to be up there, um, they gotta, they gotta win a lot of those games. Um, and even if they are, they're going to lose, you know, what did brother rice lose this year? And they ended up being the second place team in the whole state. Um, just because of how, I think they lost 15 games, a lot of those in the Catholic league. So, and this goes to show you that it depends how, how is your team going to respond to so much losing? And sometimes it just doesn't happen. Um, cause you're going to get a tough, a tougher seed in the postseason. And that means a tougher draw in the first round. That's kind of what happened to Loyola. Um, and they lost in the first round. I think Loyola, you know, gets on a roll and they win that game. They could beat Nutria in the regional. They they showed that they could beat them, even though it was kind of a wonky game a little bit that day with the that weird, what was that called? The demonia front coming through. Yeah. <laughs> that day on the hill. But uh, still, I think there's a lot of talent on that team, I think, uh, and there will be moving forward. Um, it's just uh, I think they finished right about 500, and um, if they weren't in that league, maybe they would have been about 20, maybe about 17 and 10 or, or you know, uh, 20 and 14, something like that. We didn't hit on this too much because I feel like we were constantly just trying to keep up with all the different sports that were going on, um, you know, during the spring season. But for Loyola and Nutrisoft, Softball, obviously, summer camps are going on. Um, neither team was able to win a game in the playoffs. 
Um, Loyola lost to Palatine eight to five, and Nutria lost to Libertyville eleven to one. Joe, what what is just your what are your thoughts about you know where each softball program is? Obviously, Loyola um, more recently had a lot of. I know Nutria has kind of been down for the last you know four or five years, but um, where do you kind of think these two programs are, and what do you kind of feel like they need to work on over the off season to kind of help them you know win a playoff game, maybe compete for a regional title? Yeah, I think Nutria are still kind of looking for the right formula um, under their new head coach. For a long time, um, there was John Cadwell who uh, led the team to some state finishes, some state trophies, just kind of among the best teams. He always had really good pitchers. But then, you know, softball, kind of coinciding with the coaching Swiss, I think Cadwell retired. Softball has taken a dip in participation across the country with kind of the elevation of some other sports, whether it's you know, girls, warm weather sports, uh, girls lacrosse, um, soccer in some parts of the country. Um, I'm missing a big one. I feel like just maybe, maybe year round volleyball, year round, um, some other sports. Softball's taken a bit of a hit and, uh, for also not a pun. Um, so kind of coinciding with that, Nutria's looking for the right formula. They've been kind of shown signs, um, that they're picking it up and they come back down. Um, it's a young team right now um and i think they have graduated three seniors um three seniors who played big roles but a lot to be excited about on that program i think they had an all-conference um freshman uh, a couple other freshmen who started some sophomores um and so they're really going to look to build up from them and build a core and then fit in the pieces uh you know just looking at them a couple times this year i think um you have the makings of what could be a regional contender, if not a sectional contender, if things break right. So I think they're on the right track. Loyola is kind of looking for that next star. Um, you know, uh, Mercedes Delgado had a heck of a year, but really, you know, filling the shoes of a, a Mackenzie Barry from two years ago is near impossible, what she did on the mound and at the plate. So, um, but this is a former state championship program in this you know century in the early thousands but um they can do it um they have um they attract the talent at that school to do it they just got to put it together so um i can't remember how many seniors i was going to say how many seniors they graduated this year but i'm kind of getting them mixed up so i don't want to speak out of out of pocket but uh you know i think they have some pieces there too to be pretty good moving forward all right, well, we'll move over now to the third quarter where we are going to talk about basketball. Um, I know summer shootouts are happening right now, so that's always fun for um, fans to kind of get excited about, you know, what the future has. Obviously, the no one's looking forward to the winter weather-wise, but obviously football or uh, basketball is always a fun time. And um, some interesting storylines for a lot of our area teams, both boys and girls basketball. Um, I'll start with the obvious one here with New Cheer Boys Basketball. Um a really impressive season last year. And I feel like at this time last year when we were talking about summer shootouts, we were kind of like, well, they're losing so-and-so and they're losing so-and-so. Um, we're not sure about who's going to be able to come back. Maybe Fegan will help out or whatever. Um, Joe, it's kind of the same spot right now. And I guess the question is, does Nutria have returning talent um, that you think that they can continue on on the trend that they've had over the last three or four seasons? Yeah, let me answer that pretty quickly, and the answer is yes. Um, you know, is it enough to get another 30-win season and another kind of run, you know, be a uh, contender for a state championship? I think that's yet to be seen because we need some pieces in place 
to figure that out. But we're returning three, two starters, um, including a backcourt. I think Logan Feller is going to kind of switch from the three to the backcourt um, and uh, kind of a combo guard and Colby Smith um, that are really going to be reliable options and uh, playmakers for that team. And then you got, you got our guy downtown Ian Brown, um, who's working on, you know, a well-rounded skill set. We, we all know about his record-breaking 12 three-pointers in one game. Um, but he can do a little bit more, and he's working on making his game um, more versatile, scoring inside, uh, being being a, being a defender, um, and uh, kind of a gritty rebounder too. So we'll see how that comes along. But I love those three anchoring this team. And we got other guys coming up that are going to be um, – they got a shooter named Houlihan. Um, who was a junior, didn't get much playing time at all, but he's a knockdown shooter. We got a, um, a sophomore who I, I think is going to be on varsity. He's another Kirkpatrick, if you remember all the Kirkpatricks um, that have played Chris most frequently, but also, um, oh, I forgot. No, Josh most frequently and Chris before that. Um, and he, no, Andrew is the oldest <laughs> than Josh. This one is Chris. Uh, and he's coming up and he's going to be a knockdown shooter. And I think a big playmaker for them who knows he's going to do it as a sophomore or develop more. Um, but we got a lot of pieces. I'm, I'm talking pretty fast because I'm kind of excited about this team and hoops, but I, I, I like what they're doing. Um, I think they got a lot in the pipeline. Um, there's other pieces too. We'll see what they fill in on the front court. They lose a lot of back-to-back size. Jackson Monroe two years ago and Tyler Van Gorp last year really provided uh, big pieces in the middle. We'll see if they can fill those slots. So I, I know you haven't gotten a chance to look at what they're what they've accomplished so far this uh, summer, but what is one thing that you're kind of interested by this new cheer team and something you're looking for in some, you know, like we always talk about, you can't take too much from the summer, but you can still see some things. So, I mean, what is something that you're kind of looking for for this new cheer team over the summer? Yeah, as I kind of alluded to there, I think they need to find some, some front court stability. Um, and some guys that come out, I think their backcourt's going to be pretty locked in and they're shooting um, as has maybe been the the program's MO for, for decades and decades is going to be really, really good. Um, so you get a couple reliable post players who can rebound, defend, and maybe draw some defenders. That'll open up your shooters and, and, and we're going to have a pretty good um, – pretty good chance to, to get some get some open looks and score a lot of points for that team. So uh, really look for them to develop a post presence or two um, and uh, come into the year with, with those guys being ready to go. For Loyola boys basketball, I feel like it's kind of the same story as what we talked about with, um, with baseball for Loyola, where it's like they picked up good wins and then they would drop questionable games where you're kind of like, I, I don't know. I don't, I, 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 it was kind of hard to figure out this Ramblers team and, Loyola, you know, won their playoff game to be mean South, but then they lost to Rolling Meadows 52 to 44 in the regional final. Um, Joe, I, I feel like it's been that climb ever since, you know, they had that really good historic team that couldn't finish the playoffs because of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. And I feel like it's been, you know, trying to get back to that level and trying to kind of search, you know, for that magic that they had in 2019-2020. Yeah, Um yeah, I think that's pretty accurate, but they, they do have, you know, Miles Boland's game, and he's coming back and be a senior leader. He was their leader last year, especially on the offensive end, but um, I think his defense is all often overlooked. I'm sure he led the team in deflections, um, if not steals. Um, he's a very good defender, um, 
and and I guess he's getting better at that, according to, if you read the, the Loyola basketball Twitter account. And I think coach um, called him the best Loyola prospect or uh, prospects, not the right word, but player in 15 years, which is pretty high praise. And uh, so anchored by him, they got other guys coming back. They got a couple post guys. They got their best rebounder in years. Coach told me um, as a soft, he's a sophomore. He's going to be a junior next year. Um, they got some defenders. They got Jimmy Tarjan on the, who can, is a, is a three and D guy, uh, but can also score in a couple other ways. Andrew Hollerich, uh, they're, they're going to be a good team next year. I think you, you look out for them in the Catholic league for sure. Are they a state contender? No, but I believe, I, I think they might hang around the top 20 in the latter half of that top 20 for a while. I think they're going to be really good. What, what are you kind of looking for that? Is it pretty much just finding that how do you surround him and how do you kind of find that that cohesiveness or what do you kind of feel like this team can kind of try to accomplish over the summer? Yeah, I think we're going to need to find a, um, you know, last year they had a nice um, scoring point guard uh, who could, who could do a little bit of everything and was super reliable and Alex Engro. Uh, we need to replace him just so we have um, an orchestrator of that offense who can get the ball to Bolin. I mean, Bolin can bring the ball up just, you know, how often do you want him to be a facilitator and not a, um, not a shot maker. Um, but uh, we got other guys who can do it. So I'm just, I'm just looking for them to, I'm wondering how much they can fill it up. How much can Hollerich and how much can Tarjan fill it up? I think they're capable, um, but you know, they were limited last year. It's not lo- like Loyola is a, a 70 points per game type of team. You know, they'll, they'll score, they'll put 60 on if you're not careful, but usually they, they expend a lot of energy on the defensive end of the floor and, and they'll beat you 45 to 40. So um, can those guys score enough points to be threats around Bowen um, to free him up a little bit? Cause defenses sure are going to key on him. All right. Going over to the girls side. I know obviously Loyola um, maybe didn't have the season it was hoping for with uh, a loss to Maine South in the sectional championship. So um, obviously winning the amount of games that they do win and getting to the sectional championship isn't something looked down upon, but I feel like Loyola has kind of raised the standard when it comes to what they're accomplishing and what they're trying to get to. So um, what are some things, Joe, with this team? I mean, obviously coming back, um, they have talent coming back, but just trying to, you know, figure things out here during the summer as they kind of get, try to get to an, into a group here. Well, Loyola graduated, um, had what well, they had zero seniors on the girls basketball roster. So that whole team's back and that whole lineup, especially the two stars, Kelsey Langston at the point and Paige Angles, who is, I don't know, a one, two, three and a four for them. Um, she can do it all. Um, and, uh, I, you know, she can get you 25, 30 points on some nights. She can also give you a near triple double uh, on other nights um, and with good defense, especially kind of that sneaky uh, steals and blocks type of defense because she is only um, she's not that tall. I believe she's about five seven, or oh, maybe maybe she's closer to six. But either way, um, the, those two coming back as well as uh, two freshmen who who played huge roles for them, um, and three other role players who kind of surrounded them. Um, I, I'm liking what Loyola can do a lot. I think they're a state title contender next year, bringing everybody back, including two stars. So how important is the summer? Just to get that identity, obviously, just to get that, you know, everyone getting comfortable with each other, everyone knowing what the other is going to do. I mean, just how important is the summer um, to kind of getting that thing where, you know, they report to camp in November and they're ready to go? 
you know, I think you keep building the program, um, you know, and make sure people coming up are competing for those open positions, for those open reserve slots that are going to come off the bench and create that healthy competition that makes it so everybody's really a threat on either end of the floor uh, to get on the court and, and perform. And I think uh, Coach Schoenacher and his crew are pretty good at that. We kind of always see, oh, wait, now this week, this person is – uh, in the rotation and having a great week. They, you know, they seem to always have their their kids ready to go. Um, so just kind of upkeep with that and uh, identifying those role players and who you want around Angles and Langston. Um, we know that freshman um, Mary-Kate, I'm totally not going to remember her last name, um, had some huge games last year. Uh, Morgan Bruno's back um, as a shooter um, for them too. So um, who else is going to fill out those roles? And uh, can we get some healthy competition and, you know, everyone's ready to go. All right, Joe, Nutria girls basketball. Um, kind of interesting the last couple seasons. Nutria, you know, lost to GBS in the regional championship 51 to 39 after winning their opening um, postseason game. Uh, but it feels like Nutria just hasn't, you know, whether it's been belittled by injury, whether it's been COVID-19 the previous years. I, I, I just feel like this team hasn't really been at the same level that it's been competing at, you know, previously before the last two seasons. Yeah, um, we kind of know Nutrier um, girls basketball um, from those mid to early 2010s where they were um, sectional, if not state, contenders. And uh, they're working back there. Um, you know, this team was really reliant, this year's team, on Rachel Zachs and her scoring. And if you know, um, she had an unfortunate game or, you know, the other team locked her down. It was really difficult for Nutria to score the basketball. But at the same time, because of some injuries, especially to one of their best players, kind of a do everything and, and see Klein, uh, they developed some pay- players. They developed Aaron Floyd, um, who's coming back. And, um, and I, I'm, uh, KJ Scarl, thank you. Uh, uh, thank you for remembering that. Um, she She's a point guard who can score and who can facilitate. And she was able, had to step up in some bigger moments and was relied upon a little more than for scoring than maybe she was ready to. And, and she performed. Um, and and we, we, we developed other players too. Uh, Coach Rogers and company did. So um, I think because of the injury to Steele Klein, they've really learned who a lot of their players were and in a positive way. And uh, I think they're going to have uh, a nice rotation and a very solid one uh, uh, next year. Is it the same story kind of as Loyola, where maybe it's not the same level, um, maybe of expectations or of talent and that kind of stuff, but where you kind of expect to, you know, bring people back and you're competing maybe more than you were last season because of that experience that they gained last season? Yeah, I think they're going to expect more out of these guys next year, for sure, if that's, if that's what you mean, um, because – they need it. I think because, you know, coach Rogers and I'm sure uh, the rest of the team want to be at that regional champ slash sectional contender level. And they want to be in those games, uh, especially, you know, in the conference too, you know, we're talking Maine South and Glenbrook South really dominated it last year. Um, can we get back to that level where we're right there with them for a whole season? Um, I think, you know, it's it's possible um, seeing the steps that Sakaro and Klein is, you know, if Klein can heal and, and again, sidebar, this is all depending on if they want to come back. There are instances where 
other things kind of take priority for these players and, and they don't um, come out for the team. But if they all do, I think Sela Klein's going to be looked at to be a big, a big, the big part of that team. Um, can she do it? Um, I, I think we, I think we saw her early in the season score 20 plus a few times, grab double digit rebounds um, before her injury. So uh, let's see if she can do it. And if so, I think they got the pieces around her. All right. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. Obviously summer camp is always fun just to kind of get a hint as to what, um, you know, lineups could potentially look like rotations could look like, but um, we'll obviously hit on that more as we get closer to the season, but let's move on over now to the fourth quarter. Well, we're going to hit on uh, football. Um, obviously not a full preview show, but camps have started um, some cool things um, happening this summer. A lot of seven on sevens, which are um, have been the norm for a while now. Um, teams get to practice together now, have 11 on 11s. I know, Joe, you mentioned Loyola and Nutrier had that um, the other day. But um, some interesting storylines, you know, Joe, for um, all of our area teams. Uh, for Nutrier, starting off with them, I mean, I feel like the biggest, biggest storyline is can this team continue its momentum that it built at the end of last season? And can the experience that they gained from those losses really prove to, you know, be, can they, you know, use that experience early on, as we talked about last week, um, during a non-conference portion of the season that is just going to be a bear? Yeah. I mean, those are the biggest questions. And I, I really, you know, looking at that schedule over and over, um, I think they just need to win two of those first five games. And that sounds so conservative and maybe pessimistic, but it's not. You could look at the schedule, you know, nine and Hersey last year and, um, Yorkville was eight and one, although in a different class, um, how are they going to compete with Nutrier? Nutrier going to compete with them, I should say, cause they're going on the road. Um, a Barrington team. That's always good. Maine South who went undefeated. Um, I'm sorry, they didn't go undefeated. They went defeated because of their, <laughs> um, they had to forfeit all their games who, but who won the conference before that. Um, but you know, if Nutrier goes two and three in those first five games and then comes back, um, I think they also got a prospect, by the way, and uh, they have a chance to sweep the end of those games. I mean, that's a good record for them. That's a six and three record. Um, so I don't think that's too pessimistic to say. Either way, even two and three is going to be a bear with those teams on their schedule. It's going to be tough, but they've got a uh, returning quarterback, returning two receivers, uh, running back. They got tall receivers. Um, I don't know if they're going to put Liam Fitzgerald back on the offensive end for a little bit, but. Um, either way, he's a, a guy getting college looks on the defensive end. I don't know what they're going to do with Dylan Jeppy, who was a backup quarterback, but now can kind of do everything. I wonder if he's going to play middle linebacker or on the D line as well as maybe run the ball because he's a punishing runner. I, I'm interested to see what they do with him. I just think they have a lot of weapons and a lot of flexibility with their offense that they're going to outscore some people, but they also could get outscored by the likes of Hersey, Prospect, Maine South, um, even Barrington, if they don't stop anybody so what are we looking at at the defensive end of the football and can we stop people um that's a, that's a high level overview of who they are um and what they're going to do but they certainly have the pieces to be a playoff team and uh, surprise some people what side of the ball do you feel like is a bigger emphasis you know for you i guess obviously the coaches are going to tell you that you know every whatever all, yeah. three things, all that kind of stuff you know coach talk but for you um, with what you saw last year and what you know that they have coming back, what side of the ball do you feel like kind of has you excited and will be more important maybe? 
I mean, the offensive side of the ball has me super excited. I really think their two receivers are Division One prospects. Now, who knows what Trey Myers is going to do because he's also probably a college prospect in baseball. Um, I'm not sure about basketball, but he plays. Um, but, you know, Miles Kremiscoli already has those offers. He might get more. Um, we'll see. So I'm really excited about what they can do. And Hennigan's going to, you know, another year of training, kind of at some big camps. Um, he was all conference last year. He, he learned to run the ball and be more confident in his decisions. Um, he brings that into this year. I think we're looking at a pretty high flying offense, at least a fun one that has that capability. And hopefully that opens up the running because last year, their running game, other than Hennigan, the quarterback was non-existent. There was not one. Um, Jackson McCary was out most of the year. Um, it was a big part of it. Um, so uh, I'm just more excited about the offense, but the most, the defense has to be more important if we look at it under a microscope because they have to stop people and they didn't last year. Uh, and they didn't really the year before then they did in that COVID short year, they were really good. And, uh, so it, that tells you they can get there with, if they have the right pieces, you know, they got the coaching and the schemes to be a really good defense. Can they find the right pieces to that puzzle to make it happen yet? For Highland Park, I feel like the major story was they didn't win games they should have won, especially in conference play. I mean, they had the situation. They had, you know, they had the opportunities to make some noise and, you know, make the playoffs if not contend for the CSL North. But um, it was just, you know, not being able to finish in key moments and key games. And um, I feel like that has to be um, a big point of interest for that team this offseason where you're just kind of like, you know, keep, I don't know if you're a coach and you constantly remind them like, Hey, like we didn't win this game. We were blown out by this team. Like we were here and we didn't finish here. I feel like a lot of last year has, I know coaches never really like to look back, but I feel like you kind of have to in this scenario as you try to motivate a team this year um, that didn't pick up and didn't really, you know, make the most of some opportunities last year. Yeah. And it was slow starts. Um, They really started slow against some teams. Um, The ones that stick out are, um, um, Vernon Hills, um, Maine West, um, even Leiden, I believe early in the season, they, they had to come back to, to, to pick up that game um, at home, which was a big game for them, um, kind of a needed one. So as we talked about, I think a couple weeks ago, they need to flip a couple of those games, whether it's, you know, you know Deerfield's going to be a tough one, but they're on their schedule, whether it's Deerfield, Maine West, Vernon Hills, um, who knows what Niles West is going to bring, kind of a new new team, not kind of a new team in that, in that division coming over from the, from the larger South division. Um, so did they need to pick up some of those games? Of, uh, I mean, definitely one, but at least two, uh, I mean, at least one, but hopefully two um, to make it easier because they, they got a couple um, different difficult non-conference. So better starts. They really got to preach that they really got to get some stops to start. So they're going to really work on that defensive end, uh, on that defensive end, especially with Tyler Glazer back in the middle. I think he's going to really be um, key to that. And in the secondary, they got a lot of guys returning too. Um, you know, most of their guys, if you remember, played both ways. So if they're returning on offense, they're probably returning on defense. So they got experience. We're talking three years of varsity football for a lot of these guys. So they should be ready and they should kind of know, even if they go down early, let's not go down by a lot. Um, let's stay in the football game and then see what happens. All right, let's get over to Loyola. Um, obviously, uh, biggest headline is new coach. Um, and I feel like that's the – but there are other a lot of different headlines. You got a new quarterback. You got 
um, returning talented running backs. You got a defense that obviously does its transfer transformation all the time. Um, I know that the assistant coaches are the same, but is Loyola able to do what it was able to do under John Holisek for like 15 years where the defense was always stout and good, no matter what the talent you had. Um, I feel like that's the biggest question right now where we just don't know much about Bo Deshereau. Um, Obviously he's been an assistant at Loyola for a long time before taking off the last couple of years. But um, the biggest question I feel like for this off season is just how is this team going to look different? And is it going to continue to compete at the level that it has over the past decade plus? Yeah. And I think a lot's yet to be seen if we're being honest. Um, but we know we have the talent in that Loyola program. And we know Bo Destro, the head coach, isn't like coming into something he hasn't seen before. He was within that program. I mean, he he played in it. And he coached it for 20 years before kind of stepping off to the, to the kind of high-level administrative side uh, at the school. So he knows what he's doing. He knows the schemes. He knows the personnel. He knows his fellow coaches. Um, uh, you know, of course, some things are going to be different, but – um, you got, you know, if you're a Ramblers fan, you got to have a lot of confidence in him, you know, taking over for Holosek. And I did ask, you know, um, he did decline to tell me who his quarterback was. That was my first question, just, just for fun. Cause I knew he'd say no. Um, but they're figuring that out and they got some guys that are going to be in the mix, kind of a quarterback battle. And, um, at, you know, when they press against Nutria, they had three guys taking snaps. So that'll be fun to see how it plays out. Some fun competition, um, and we'll see who gets in there. Um, but they, you know, they got some, you get, they got a stout offensive line with, with a few returners. They got um, a lot of talent in the backfield um, coming back. Um, they're going to put new receivers out there, but uh, on the defensive end, they also got some, some high level talent coming back led by Ethan Hogg in the linebacking course. So I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I mean, go on on a limb, Joe. I'm pretty optimistic about the Loyola Ramblers, Ramblers being a pretty, Another a state title contender once again. Let's talk about that. The quarterback. I mean, Jake Sterney, I feel like was sturdy for them for the last couple of years. Um, and obviously one of one of the better quarterbacks in the state last year. He I feel like him, he was just able to make throws and really create an offense that Loyola maybe didn't have for a while there. They had, you know, glimpses of quarterbacks who could air it out, but I feel like Sterney was really something that Loyola hadn't had in a while where he can run, yeah, he can get you a good 20 yards run on it, something like that. But most of the time, he's looking to pass first, and he connected on a lot of deep passes, short passes. And it's it's really interesting to see now who is going to be able to replace him and what style of quarterbacking are we, the Rambler fans going to see um, this fall. Yeah, I mean, um, Sterney was – you're just not going to be – fill his shoes. So you can't try. you got to be yourself and, and perform at your level, whoever – steps up or competes but sterney was unbelievable his his completion percentage was so high and, and he could throw every ball they were able to do a lot of things with declan ford and um ledbetter um they're two kind of top wideouts because of the throws he could make and they had such confidence in each other so that's just kind of we also had you know two to three pretty high level um um tight ends so let's just put that aside they're going to have to kind of have a slightly different offense i think that's we know that um, we'll just see what it is. I think it's too early to tell. So, so a quarterback's going to step up among those three, maybe a couple do uh, and they work it in. You know, I think I remember 
one year, you know, we kind of kept having quarterback injuries and, and quarterbacks stepped up at different points for the Ramblers um, as they made another run to the state finals. I can't remember if they won that year. Um, but anyway, um, they got quarterbacks on the, in that in that room. Their quarterback room's probably pretty talented. Um, again, it's hard to tell in, in these seven on sevens and things exactly who's better, at least for me. Um, but uh, we'll, I, I think they're going to find someone or someones um, who, who will take them very far. Just not Jake Sterney, and that's not a terrible thing. It'll be really interesting, and it'll be fun. We'll obviously hit on that topic more over the summer as we get closer and closer to the fall as the football season um, is not too far away. But um, I think that's everything we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Always appreciate it. Always fun to kind of mix things up and um, do things a little bit differently. Hopefully you folks enjoyed this uh, episode of the podcast. Uh, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out. Check out older podcasts as well. Uh, give us a nice little review. We always appreciate it. Um, it helps us uh, get to more North Shore sports fans who uh, uh, care about the same things that you folks at home do as well. Um, the 4th of July is coming up, so uh, happy 4th. Hopefully you guys get to spend some time with family and friends, enjoy the holiday, get outside. Um, hopefully this smog or smoke, whatever you want to call it, is going to clear up with some rain and uh, things will be a little bit more clear. Mm-hmm. But um, hopefully you enjoy the holiday as we are uh, midway through the year and midway through this uh, summer, and that means uh, – Football is not too far away, so um, we'll keep on going on it here. But uh, make sure you subscribe uh, to and check out my work at the Friday Night Drive. It is uh, commitment week pretty much. Uh, June uh, official visits are over, and the guys all over the state and country are committing. So we've got some commitment uh, stories. Check that out at FridayNightDrive.com. And as always, subscribe and donate to the record. North Shore Joy's got a lot of great stuff, um, not only in sports but everything else in the North Shore area. So make sure you check it out because he's got you covered there. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. Enjoy the 4th of July, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.